Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Mark, and I'm excited to uh, be together today. Have you ever heard the, the phrase, that's a tough act to follow? Uh, I feel like a failure because nothing I can do can top cookies. So just please try to at least smile at me and pretend that I'm going to do something as awesome as a cookie. All right. So uh, as, that, as that video there said, we are uh, continuing our series this week called Mission 17. And uh, when the gospel takes hold of our lives, when someone decides that they want to follow Christ, they want to be a Christian, it doesn't just mean that they're saved. It means that, that we're, we're called and we're sent to, to be on mission. And that means uh, sometimes as, as Christ followers, we, we forget that others don't have hope. We forget that our job is to breathe life. And so we've been talking about that for the last couple weeks. We've been looking at the book of Acts, specifically at the life of a man named Barnabas and just how the believers in the book of Acts, how they lived on mission as the church was formed. Barnabas uh, really expanded his leadership and how he lived by faith as he was sent on mission. And uh, so there, there might be moments uh, in your life, if, if, you've, uh, if you've been around for a while, if you've been trying to follow Christ, if you've been a part of the church, that you've just felt like, you know what, my life lacks purpose, or, or my life is not exciting, I'm not sure what I was put here on this earth to do. And so we're talking through this because we think there are moments that we can all be reminded or given a renewed mission. We think there are moments that we can all uh, just, just again be focused on the fact this is what God wants from us. This is why he, he sent his son to save us, and this is what we're called to do as we go forward. And so our, our goal in talking about this is to answer the question, What's my mission for today? What's my day-to-day mission? We want to talk about our personal mission, and even more specifically today, we want to talk about how that uh, goes hand-in-hand with our corporate mission and what we feel we've been called to do as a church. And so a few weeks ago, uh, we said that in, in one of the last moments that Jesus was here on earth when his earthly ministry was ending and he was talking to his disciples, he gave that mission and he said these words. He, he said this to, to his disciples and to Christ followers, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And so Jesus sent us on a mission and he said, go and make disciples. In the book of Acts where we've been studying, he even said specifically, I'm going to help you with that mission. And here's some things to help you. He said, he said uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to give you the gospel. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to give you the church, and here are the places I'm going to send you. And so he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And those aren't just old words to be forgotten about. Those are the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples that still apply to us today. And so we know we're supposed to be on mission. We're supposed to make disciples. We're supposed to do that right where we're at. We're supposed to do that up the road and, and all around the world. And he's given us the Holy Spirit, the God gospel and the church to make that happen. And so as we've been studying the book of Acts, this is, this is after Jesus was crucified, when he was raised from the dead, he, he was around for a, for a few days, a few weeks with his disciples, and he was making sure that they understood their mission, and then he sent them out. 
And so in the book of Acts, we see him kind of laying out that timeline. We see the Holy Spirit showing up in major ways. We see many, many people coming to give their lives to Jesus and understand what it means to follow Christ. We see the church exploding and we see some incredible things happening. And yet we've, we've studied the fact that what happened in the church back then, the things that happened in the Bible are not separate or distant from us. In fact, we have access to the same miraculous power that we see in the book of Acts. Last week, as we, as we saw the church facing opposition for the first time, we saw them embrace that and kind of break through those barriers. We saw the church continue to expand as people stepped up and were sent on mission. And we focused on the fact that we need to, just like the life of Barnabas, follow that example of being generous, and not just being generous, but understanding what it means to follow what God has, has called us to do. We need to leverage where we're at and where God has put us, what he's given us for the gospel. And so that's a, that's a little bit of review, but I want to take us to a passage this morning in Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11, you can look up in a Bible that will continue to clarify what our day-to-day mission looks like as well as our corporate mission. And if you've got a, a Bible there in front of you, if you didn't bring one, there's probably one your seat, behind your seat, in front of your seat, somewhere. So go ahead, Acts 11 in that, and check that out, and see, uh, see where, where that's at. We're going to be in Acts chapter 11, verses 19 to 26, and I'll, I'll read this out loud. You can follow along. This is just one glimpse into the church and into the life of these Christians who were sent on mission as the church expands and as they're going forward. Acts chapter 11, verses 19 to 26, it says this. Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God, but only to Jews. All right, so let me, let me just pause where we're at there and give you a snapshot of, of how things are going. We're seeing the church explode. We're seeing things go great. We're seeing some pushback and some downtimes. But honestly, these believers understand that they're sent on mission. They're being led by the apostles, the disciples, and things are going great. Well, for the first time, someone is, is stoned. A man named Stephen is actually persecuted. He, he's put to death, and, and, and these Christians are, are scattered. They go to different places and, and for the first time, what they've had, this thing that they've known is, is not just this fun little club for, for the people that were in their friend's circle. And they're not just hanging out in their own town anymore, but they go to, go to different cities and go to different places. And for the first time, this thing gets, gets very real. And so that's, that's, that's fine. This is, you know, it basically said in that passage right there as we read, they preached the word of God, but, but only to Jews up until that point. So the, the church and the gospel had basically been started in Jerusalem, had stayed in that area, had stayed local to them, and yet we know that God said, I'm going to send you to the ends of the earth. And I don't know if they knew exactly how that would happen, but they were setting an example for all of us that the gospel doesn't just stop at our town borders. The gospel goes forward. The gospel moves. The gospel is on mission. Verse 20 says this, however, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. The power of the Lord was with them and a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. And so up until that point, the church had been based in Jerusalem. That was great. People had been sharing the gospel with the Jews. They'd seen a great response. They'd seen the church grow. We see some wonderful examples that we've studied in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4 and different places that the church is really saying, here's how we meet the needs of each other. Here's how we take care of each other. And they were an example for the church for all time. And yet, 
As much as we want to put them on a pedestal and say, oh, that, that church in Acts was perfect, that beginning church, they still felt that, that something else needed to happen. And so as they were scattered, as they went, as they went different places, there were people who said, we're meeting new people. And, and I have a heart for these new people and I want, to, I want to share the gospel with them. And so these people are on mission. They share the gospel. They're on a, a mission and they're in Antioch. It's, it's north of Judea and Samaria. Some of those towns that we heard where, when we were told, okay, this is where your mission is going to go. It wasn't, it wasn't 10,000 miles away. They weren't going to the, the ends of the earth, but it was a couple hundred miles up the road. And this is a place that was, that was kind of similar to them. These, these people that they found themselves around were, were kind of like them. There were, there were some Jewish people, as the Jewish nation had been scattered, who grew up in, in Jewish country. And they were, they, were, they, were, they were Jews that celebrated Jewish festivals, that, that spoke Jewish language. They did everything in a very Jewish way. And there were some people who had grown up in more of a, a Greek nation. They were, they were a little bit different. They were, they were Jews by blood, and yet their lives and their, their practices looked a little different. It's probably like growing up an Ohio State fan in Michigan, right? Like we, we still have commonality with those people, but we understand that they're in a hostile environment that's not really like ours, and we feel a great compassion for them, right? Some people are laughing. Michigan fans are like, that's not funny, Mark. I wish you wouldn't have said that. I think I'm going to find a new church, right? But, but that's, that's probably the or that, that we could have, right? These people are, are up the road. They're, they're similar. Their background is similar, and yet they, they're without the gospel, and so these people who are on mission share the gospel with them, and, and it says the power of the Lord is with them, and people come to know the Lord. God shows up, and amazing things are, are happening. And again, we sometimes like to separate ourselves from what's happening in the Bible and think like, oh, that'd be awesome if that could happen to me. Well, again, the main characters are no different. They're sharing the gospel. You and I have the gospel every day when we're on mission. The Holy Spirit is guiding them and giving them the words to say. And as people respond to the gospel, as there's a group of believers, a local church takes place. You and I have a local church, the gospel, we have the Holy Spirit. And so those things are things that, that we can call on, things that we can depend on, things that we can use. Verse 22 goes on to, to say this, and it begins to mention this man Barnabas that we've been talking about, this guy that we've been focusing on. When the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went back to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. And so this man Barnabas that we looked at last week and said that he was willing to be generous. He was willing to step up and lead where God had put him and leverage what God had given him in that moment on behalf of the gospel and on behalf of the church. He's being called on again. Maybe a few chapters ago, you could have said, this guy isn't, isn't quite a leader, but he's, he's someone that God has called. He continues to step up and step forward and say, God, what do you want from me as the gospel goes forward? 
And God sent him from his town where he was to another town. God was moving, things were happening, something was going on, and he wanted to be a part of it. And when he gets there, we see that, that he's excited. He doesn't say, uh, you guys aren't really doing this church thing right, let me, let me help you. He doesn't say, oh, I'm sorry, you, you didn't grow up Jewish exactly like me. Yeah, yeah, see, this message is just for Jewish people, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need that gospel back. I'm, I feel really bad. No, he, he shows up and he sees that God is moving. He sees that the gospel is going forward. He sees that these people are his brothers and sisters in Christ, and they're all part of one church, and he's excited about what God is doing. He's excited about the things that have happened. So I think that we can, as we have other weeks and, and last week, we can look at the example of Barnabas and we can realize that, that our mission is to make disciples. If you're a Christ follower, you are sent on a mission and your mission is to make disciples. That mission, our mission, does not just apply to here. Right? Let's, let's be honest, as, as humans, as Americans, as men, as women, whatever we want to blame it on, we are selfish people. And sometimes, even with a heavenly message, even representing the message of truth and hope, the gospel of Jesus Christ, we can still be kind of selfish with that, right? And so we know that God has sent us on mission. We know that God wants us to talk to the guy in the cubicle next to us who's going through divorce, who's having a rough time, whose life is falling apart, but we just think, ah, oh, that'd be so embarrassing, and we're thinking about ourselves. We're being selfish. We know that, that God wants us to invite our neighbors to church that have just moved into the area and need some place to connect and, and need something in their lives. And yet we think like, well, I don't want to freak them out. I don't want them to think I'm part of some cult or I'm the, the Christian weirdo of the neighborhood. I'll, I'll, wait, I'll wait a few months. And a lot of the statements that are going through our head begin with I and are about us. And we're selfish with the gospel. And we're selfish with the message of truth. And we internalize that and make it about us when it's never been about us. We are sent on a mission. And our mission doesn't just apply to us in our local context where we are. But that's how we think, right? We always, we always think about here. I don't mean here, the, the Hilliard YMCA. But I kind of mean here, movement church, right? We hear and see things going on, and we think about things, and we think like, man, I'm glad I'm not a part of that. I'm glad I, glad I don't have to go through that. I'm glad things are good here. And yet sometimes God is calling us in our mission to not just care about things here. He's, he's not just asking us, hey, are things good where you're at? Are you, are you happy? He's saying... I want you to look there. So our big idea for today, as we look at the gospel going forward, and we look at the first church, and we look at the book of Acts, and we look at the example of Barnabas, and we look at how he was sent, and we look at how his mission expanded, I want you to know that God cares about here and there. And so should we. We're a part of the universal church. We're a part of something greater than just our immediate context. That doesn't mean that we don't care about our immediate context. That doesn't mean that, that we don't want to see God bless Movement Church and we don't want to see people respond to the gospel and that doesn't mean that we don't have a heart for Hilliard. But that means that there are people all over this city who don't know truth. 
That means that there are people all over this state who are without hope. That means that there are people in this country who are lost. And that means that there are people in other countries and all around the world who wake up every day not knowing Jesus, not knowing truth, not knowing hope, and their lives lack purpose. They lack a savior. And that should break our hearts. And I know you know that, but I think sometimes we need, we need reminded of that, that God doesn't just care about us in our context. God cares about here and God cares about there. It's not one or the other, it's both and. God cares about here and God cares about there and so should we. So what does that mean for Movement Church? We started out four years ago as a church plant. We started with a few people in a classroom. We started with a, a heart for Hilliard because we wanted to see people find their way back to God. We believed that, that, that Hilliard needed a church that could help people find God. We had a heart for church planting. We believe it's, it's been proven and stats have shown that, that the greatest way for people to come to know Jesus is through the starting of new churches. And we didn't just say that because we wanted to do it in the moment, right? You know, when you're, you're turning 16 and you're like, mom, everyone's getting a car and, and you really care. You're like, every 16-year-old needs a car. And then when your little sister needs a car and your mom says, hey, you're gonna have to share that car with her. You're like, no, no, that's not how it is, mom, right? You, you change your heart and you change your example because it doesn't apply to you anymore. No, no, we've always said we have a heart for church planning we have a heart to see new churches started so much so that, that every dollar that's been given toward our mission and toward our vision since we began, we put 5% of that away into a church planning fund. And in the beginning, it wasn't enough to plant a church. It probably wasn't even enough to buy a box of paper. But as our, as our church has grown, as our scope of ministry has grown, as things have gotten bigger and, and our influence has extended, we began to look at that money and say, all right, this is, this is going somewhere. And as we went self-supporting as a church, there were some generous businessmen who were, who were giving money to us, and we said, if you still have a heart for church planning, can that money go into our church planning fund? And so we've, we've kind of fundraised some private money, and, and that fund is, is now over $50,000. And so we, we've said, what's next? There's a church in Dublin that many of you know called Encounter Church that's partnered to help us get started. They do the same thing with 5%. And we've said, you, you guys are serious about this. You've got some money. We're serious about this. And, and we've got some money. And so, and so what's next? And so we brought in Joel and Morgan Trainer. We, we hired our first church planning residents. We wanted to bring in a couple that could be a part of us, could have our DNA and see how portable church is done and starting churches is done. And we said, we're going to send them. Because God has a heart for here and God has a heart for there. We didn't, we didn't always know where there was and we were walking through that and thinking about it, but today we want to make an announcement where there is. So there's going to be a lot of exciting stuff from here on out. No more cookies, all right? Not that exciting, but there's going to be some exciting stuff made. So go ahead and check out this video. This is our announcement to tell you where there is and how we're going to expand and, and reflect God's heart. This bit is our recital. We think it's very vital to plant a church for those who search and three creeks is the title. Here we go. It's tricky to plant a church, to plant a church for those who search. It's tricky. It's tricky. It's tricky to plant a church, to plant a church for those who search. It's tricky. 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 
I met this dude named Trainer. It seemed like a no-brainer to have him and his wife plant a new church right in Gehaner. The road it won't be easy. Starting from scratch ain't breezy. But others are the goal. The church's job is not to please Here me. Here we go. It's tricky to plan a church. You plan a church for those who search. It's tricky. 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 It's tricky to plan a church. You plan a church for those who search. It's tricky. Some money now since we began Churches that plan churches That plan churches is the plan We're still doing our thing locally So don't start with the pity The goal is exponential growth To reach the world and the city Here we go! It's tricky to plan a church You plan a church for those who search It's tricky! 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 tricky. It's tricky to plan a church You plan a church for those who search It's tricky! There's the the good news. That is our uh, our announcement. And uh, this is this is Joel here. In case you didn't know, he is our, our church planning resident. Uh, there's another guy in there you may not have known. That's Sean Spolster, the pastor of Encounter Church, uh, the church that helped us get started, and also the church that that we're uh, partnering with uh, to do this. And and we're excited. Joel said, "How are we going to make this a big deal? You guys have been talking about this and and talking about it for four years." And I said, "Why don't we dress up like Run DMC?" And he said, naturally, "Who is Run DMC?" So. <laughs> We had an educational moment, and we got together and, and talked about that, and he now knows... You, you've been the greatest mentor. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I, I actually have a framed Run DMC record in my office, and he didn't even know that. And so we had a, a very harsh interaction where I said, these are the fathers of hip-hop, and I no longer believe in you as a man. And so... <laughs> Uh, but now we've, we've gone through that. So uh, anyway, we, we just want to kind of answer questions. Obviously, we've said that God has a heart for here. God has a heart for there. We're excited to plant churches. Uh, but, but I don't know about you. I grew up in a church uh, that recently celebrated its 100th birthday. And this is not necessarily uh, something that every church does. And so people probably have a lot of questions. Uh, we, want, we want you to be behind this and be excited about it. And so, Joel, I, I want to just ask, um, we, we saw that. We saw a logo. But what's, what's the plan? What, what happens from here? Well, if, if you rewind, in December of 2013, so about three years ago, I was in church on Sunday morning. I don't remember what the pastor said, but I know that at the end, he said, I just want to give you some time to connect with God. What's God saying to you this morning? And I don't really know why, other than the Holy Spirit kind of tapped me on the shoulder, but I came up to the front. I actually kneeled down and I began to pray, Lord, what are you, what are you trying to say to me today? And for the first time ever, I just felt God tap me on the shoulder and say, Joel, I want you to start a church. And I, my genuine reaction was, seriously, me? Like, I'm the best you can find to do this? And, and, uh, and so then I just started to pray about it, started to pray with Morgan about it. Fast forward 18 months. So 18 months ago from now, I was on the phone with you. And I said, Mark, I just sense God is wanting me to start a church. You did it. How do, how do I do it? 
And you said, why don't you come to Movement and you can do a, a one-year residency and then we will launch you out. We'll, we'll plan a new church with you and Morgan. And I, my genuine response was, me? Seriously? Like, I'm the best you can find? And uh, I am just living, breathing proof that God does not call qualified people. He qualifies called people. Amen? Okay? So, and, and I just want to say, under the, the leadership of Movement Church and Encounter Church, two healthy kingdom-minded, generous churches, we are so thrilled to be in the center of God's will, starting a new church. I want you to hear me say this. Every pastor loves their church, but fewer pastors love the church. You catch me there? Fewer pastors love the church, all churches, all people that believe in Jesus. And you guys have a pastor here at Movement Church that loves the church, a kingdom-minded, missional pastor. And so I'm adopting this DNA and we're going to go start a new church this fall called yeah. Three Creeks Church. Three Creeks Church. And we, if you couldn't understand the mispronunciation, we had to make the, the line work. We said we're going to plant a new church in Gehenna <laughs> to rhyme with trainer. So uh, translation, that means Gehenna. We just couldn't say Gehenna because it doesn't rhyme with your last name. So, so tell us more about, about that. Well, so we're going to go 25 minutes straight east of here to Gehenna. And the word Gehenna is actually an old Indian word that means three creeks coming together. Hence the name Three Creeks. I see what you did there. We, uh, <laughs> Morgan and I, Morgan grew up in Columbus. I grew up part of my life in Ohio. We love Ohio. We love Columbus. I'm the kind of guy that drives down the road in January, looks at muddy cornfields and gray skies and goes, this is beautiful. I love this place. And so I love Ohio. And Morgan and I specifically, we have a burden for Gehenna here in the greater Columbus area. Okay, so but why, why Gehenna? I mean, you have a burden. What's the... What's the real yeah. reason? Uh, so I asked you, I don't know if you remember this. I said, Mark, if you were going to plant a church anywhere else in the greater Columbus area, where would you go? And you said, Gehanna. So I went on a personal mission to figure out why he said that. When Morgan and I would come up from vacation, we lived in Missouri, we would just drive around Gehanna. We would stop in restaurants, stop in coffee shops, and just try to meet people. And it seemed like everybody we met was looking for God and looking for a church. So I, I looked at the statistics. There are 180,000 people that live within five miles of downtown Gehenna. 180,000 people. And then I read that, that 120,000 of those have little or no interest in God. 66% have little or no interest at all in God. If I asked all 180,000 of those people, do you want to have a great full fulfilling life, every one of them would say, yes, but two thirds of them are looking in all the wrong places. And so we're going to go, we're going to lock arms with some other healthy churches in Gehenna, and we're going to try to show them and tell them where the greatest life possible can be found. And that's in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And the reason I, I said Gehenna, uh, when, when we picked Hilliard as the place that movement church would be, Gehenna was kind of the runner up, uh, another place that God had put on my heart. And so, uh, it's, it's, it's neat to know that God has answered that prayer years later through your family and, and just in the way that, that he has sent you guys. Uh, so what's, what's next? I mean, there's, there's, you yeah. know, there's a timeline. So we'll be here for about eight more months, uh, finishing our one year residency right now. We're kind of gathering a launch team in March. We're going to have a, a meeting where you can come and find out a little bit more information about what God's doing in Gehenna. And so we'll be here, and on August 27th, Mark, Movement is going to commission us, send us, launch us to Gehenna. 
And then on September 10th, we'll have our first launch team meeting in Gehenna. We'll do that for about five months and we'll plan, we'll prepare, and we're going to pray a lot. And then February 18th, Lord willing, 2018, will be our first Sunday morning uh, public service. Bring all your friends. Let's get after it. Yeah. This is, this is cool just to, to think about and, and to see. Uh, we've been talking about this. We've been, we've been saying that we're going to do this. How can, how can we pray for you? I mean, there, there, there are people who are probably going to move to Gehenna. There are people that are saying, I might, I might be interested in that. There are people that are saying, I just bought a house and I don't feel called to Gehenna at all. But we, we want to be part of your story. How can we pray for you guys? Well, the first word that comes to mind is a lot. You should pray a lot for us. Uh, here are three ways specifically that you can pray for us. Morgan and I, we just bought a, a house and a couple other people in here have bought houses in Gehenna and we're all transitioning there right now. And I would just ask that you would pray that we would find favor with the people that we interact with, with the schools, with local businesses, with our neighbors. That I just pray that you would ask that we would be well received uh, by everybody in Gehenna. Secondly, I think you ought to pray for yourself. I think you ought to pray for you. Uh, I never thought in a million years I'd do this. And I think as we gather a launch team, we have about 30 people so far who have committed to be on our team. And I think you ought to just ask, Lord, uh, am I supposed to join that team? And so just kind of pray for our team as it forms. And third, Mark, we have a, as we start those launch team meetings in September, we have a place we're going to meet for five months and it is free, which is unheard of. And, but then in February of next year, 13 months from now, we're going to need a space to meet. So whether that be a school or another venue or, or we just don't know yet, but we would ask that you would pray that we'd find the place that God would have us meet in on Sunday mornings. Yeah. And we're going we're gonna to pray for you guys in a second. We want to uh, be excited about this. We want to celebrate this. This is something uh, that we've been talking about. And whether you knew it or not when you, uh, when you came to church today, uh, this is an extension of us and, and something that we're excited about and something that we want to celebrate. And so, uh, you know, this, this morning we've talked about the fact that we're all on a mission. Our mission is to take the gospel to the world. Our mission is to do that in our immediate context, slightly farther context, and, and everywhere that God will send us. And God has a heart for here and for there. And yet I think there's probably uh, still a separation. And so I want to I show you a, a clip. I was showing it to our staff this week uh, just because I thought it was funny. And then I thought, man, this is exactly what I want to say uh, to our church. So I think probably everybody in the room has Netflix. Uh, everyone that has kids uses that as a form of child care. Sometimes you go to family movies and you see, all right, how old's my youngest? What can I show these kids? I'm scrolling the other day uh, trying to give them something to do. And, uh, and I see under five to seven-year-old movies, movies for five to seven-year-olds, it says uh, Superman, and I'm like, Superman, the one from like 1978 or something with the great Christopher Reeve, and so I thought, I want to watch that more than some weird Disney cartoon, it's time the kids see Superman, right, so I read up, and I'm like, all right, there's nothing terrible in that, we're going we're gonna to watch it and see how this goes, and, uh, and so we watched Superman 1, Superman, we, we, they, they're like, Dad, can we, is there's a second one, can we watch the second one, and I was like, we sure can watch the second one, because I don't want to go outside or have to be a good parent today, so let's keep going, right, and so uh, this, is, this is a clip of, of uh, my two oldest watching Superman, I promise this will make some sense in a little bit, but, but this is how they watch a movie, how they took in the story, and, and just, I, I was sitting back, and I'm like, this is awesome, I've got to get a video of this, so check this out. 
I know that's, uh, that's a little weird, and yet that's, that's how they, they watch stories. That's how they, they take in movies and consume media. Uh, sometimes they'll, they'll stand on the couch, and Kanan just like jumps on the couch and watches things, and I have to remind him, we don't jump on furniture. Uh, but, but when they watch a movie, they, they almost can't separate themselves from that story. And so as Superman is battling General Zod, is that his, I don't know what his name is, right? But that's, that's at the end as they're fighting, and they, they always ask me, they're like, Dad, is Superman going to die? And I'm like, no. You know, I finally started telling them to get so worried. But they put themselves in that story, and they actually feel like, like that attack is happening to them. And so I, I love the, the picture of that, because they're, they're in that story. They're a part of that story. They're a character in that story. And so Superman's pain is their pain. And as they start to see the, the arc of the story coming around, Superman's success is their success, and his victory is their victory. And everything that he is doing is, is happening to them because they, they really feel like they're a part of that team. And I wanted you to see that because I want that to be our example as we begin sending churches and sending people to plant churches. Their story is our story and their pain is our pain and their success is our success. We have defined sending them as success. And so I want you to be involved in their story, to know their story, to have a heart for their story, to celebrate their story and, and to support them. Right, And so if that means that you have to do the running man as you're reading Joel's uh, email update and you're, you're praying for them, I guess that's, that's what you can do when you're part of someone's story. But I want you to know that, that their story is our story and we're all a part of the same universal church. And even more specifically, we're a part of the same family of churches. And if you're a part of movement church, you have spiritual children that are being sent to Gehenna and, and we're excited about that. And that's our example. And so I want to take just a few minutes and probably answer some more questions. We've said a lot today, uh, but you're probably wondering, well, how's this going to happen? And what does this mean for me? And, and so I want to I just remind us that we've said from the beginning that we believe in church planning. We actually have some things that you can find on our website, things that are specific to us, our DNA, and we said that from the beginning, we want to plant churches, right? We've said that we believe in church planting, and church planting is in our DNA, and so this is, this is nothing new. This is just kind of where we're at. We've saved 5% of our money from the beginning. This isn't going to change who we are. Whether you knew this or not, this has been who we are from the beginning, and so some people have asked me, why, why another church? Aren't there other churches in Gehanna? Aren't there other churches around the city? And, and like Joel said, we believe and we know and we trust that church planning is the best way to see people come to know Jesus in a context. And, and stats have, have proven that. And so um, I want you to, to think of something as we send Three Creeks Church. I want you to remember the first time that you came to Movement Church. For some of you, that might be today. I hope your experience has been a good one. For some of you, it may have been a month ago, six months ago, three years ago. I hope that you felt and saw something different in this place. I hope that the way that you were greeted, the way that, that people welcomed you when you got a cup of coffee, when you saw worship, whatever that was, whatever you felt and experienced, we believe that, that God is doing something special here and we want to see that expand. And so we chose the word movement because it means intentional and contagious. And that's not just something here. We knew all along that that would be a movement that would go forward and go to other cities. And so uh, I recently was a part of a, a conference where they said that there are five kinds of churches in America. There are churches uh, that are in decline. There are churches that are plateauing. There are churches that are growing. 
And then there are churches that planting churches, that starting churches. And, and, and churches that are starting churches is only about 4% of churches in America. But here's an even funnier stat. Half of those church plants are not started on purpose. They're started because churches split. And maybe, uh, for better or worse, some of you have been a part of a church that has split where, where people have left angry and they've gone down the road to plant a church. And maybe that was the case, maybe it wasn't. Only around 2% of churches in America start churches on purpose with a kingdom mindset because they understand in scripture we see the example that God cares about here and God cares about there. And so I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, you are a part of something that only 2% of America, 2% of the Christians and churches in America do, and I'm proud of you in this moment. So just imagine me giving you all a pat on the back. This is a big deal, and this is kingdom-minded, and this is you saying we're going to follow the pattern of scripture, and we're going to do what we see in the book of Acts and in the New Testament, and we're going to care about people that don't know Jesus. And so I want you to know that this isn't going to be the, the first or the last time. This is going to be a consistent part of our DNA. I've prayed that, that in my lifetime that, that Movement Church would be able to plant 25 churches. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how that gets paid for. I've also prayed that out of those 25 churches that they will plant another 25 churches. So not that this is about me or you or us, but I, I want to be able to say in 30 or 40 years that we've seen 50 life-giving churches planted because we have a heart for here and there, and that's where our mission extends. Now, that's obviously, that's not going to be just in Columbus. I think it could be, but there might be a time that we say, you know what? Is anybody from Cincinnati, is your mom bothering you to move home? We want to send you with some people and plant a church there, and we want to see that church multiply. Maybe that could be in Pittsburgh or, or somewhere else, but, but we're praying that this is not a, a one-time thing. I want you to also know something. Whenever, whenever something happens, there's always certain language that goes with it. And, and so some people are going to say, so, so, so Joel's leaving, huh? I bet he doesn't like Mark or something. And I always want to remind people, we brought them in from the beginning because we wanted to send them. And so we don't say leave, we say sent. All right, I want you, I want you to know that. There will be times that I say leave and you can be like sent and yell that at me or something and we'll be in meetings and I'm sure we'll all say that and like they're leaving and you can say sent, you know, and, and give me a, a little rebuke there. But, but we believe that. This is not, this is not people that are, that are leaving angrily. This is, this is us saying, God, we want to do this. We want to be proactive and be a part of your mission. And so I had someone ask me this week, they're like, well, isn't this, Sad. I mean, you're you're saying sent, you know, leave is bad, and you're trying to spin it just so it sounds good, right? Are, are you sad about this? Yeah, there's a there's a very human side of this that's that's sad. I mean, I like having Joel in the office so that I can educate him about Run DMC, right? Because Josh and Jeremy and Jen won't listen to me talk about hip hop anymore, but there's someone that that will, you know. And so there there is a there is a sad side when someone leaves or or is sent. And yet I want you to know something, Gehenna is not another continent, all right? So, so we're still part of a family, we can still go on double dates, we can still go over to Easton, I can still go to his house and, and play with his dog and all that fun stuff, and I can go to Cooper's first soccer game and, and whatever else. If someone is a part of a church plan and is sent, you still have FaceTime and you still have a phone and you still have texting and, and that's, that's good to remember, right? Joel's not dying, and no one that will, will be a part of this church plan is dying. They're being sent, and honestly, they're still pretty close. And, and more importantly, this, this world and our time on this world is short. We'll be together forever for eternity, and I trust that that will be a big party in heaven. And I trust that because we're being a part of God's mission and we're sending them, there will be people in heaven that will say, I'm in heaven because of Three Creeks Church and because of, of what Movement Church did as they extended themselves. And so I want you to hear just, just one final thing from me. 
We've always said that we, we apprentice people, we prepare people for ministry, we disciple people. Some of you are volunteers who have stepped up to lead a team and been a coach. Some of you have been directors who have led teams or leaders of teams. We have people on our staff and we always want to see people take the next step in their spiritual journey. We always want to see people ask, God, how can I leverage where I'm at and what you're wanting to do right now with the gospel and the church? And as we send people away, there are going to be new spots created. There are going to be vacancies. And so I want you to know that it's time to step up. I don't, I don't say that as a, as a threat, but I want you to know if we're going to have a sending culture, if we're going to multiply ourselves, we're going to need people that are going to respond and say, Lord, what do you want from me where I'm at right now with, with what I've got? Are you asking me to lead a team? Are you asking me to serve? Are you asking me to invest in movement as they invest in Three Creeks? And this is, it's going to create a, a leadership vacuum. We're creating a leadership vacuum. And I'm hoping that, that in a good way, some people will be drawn into that. I hope that you'll say, I want to be a part of impacting the world. I want to be a part of impacting Ohio and, and Columbus and Gahanna and Three Creeks. And that starts right here with what we're doing. And so we're trying to develop a culture and, and maintain a culture where we have a ascending component in our DNA, where we can say, we want to prepare people for ministry, not just because we need them or because we've got a spot to fill, because as, as God gives us vision for that, we want to send our best to do great things for God. And so if you're here today and you're thinking, I'm not moving to Gehanna, I want you to think about stepping up or raising the level of what you do because it, it matters and it's helping us have impact in, in greater places. And so uh, we'll send out an email this week. You'll see a lot of things posted, that ridiculous video among them. Uh, we'll, we'll post some things on social media just to answer more frequently asked questions. But I wanted you to hear that from me. I wanted you to know that I'm excited about this and I'm proud of you for not just having a heart for, for here, but having a heart for there and reflecting the pattern that we see in the New Testament. So uh, is, is Morgan in the building? She's here. Uh, I, wanna, I wanna just ask her to, uh, to come up and as we, as we close, we we want to pray for the trainers. There are going to be other people on their team and people that will respond, and, and we'll celebrate that in the coming weeks, but we want to just pray for them now. And so I want to ask you to do something as you're a part of their story. I'm not going to ask you to do the running man or anything, but will you, will you stand up with me and, and just uh, help us as we, as we celebrate them? And this will be one of the first times that we, we pray over them, kind of knowing the plan, but we just want to, we want to commission them. And if, if you're comfortable with this, you don't have to, but will you just extend a hand toward them? And we want, we want to lift them up. We want to be excited about what they're doing, excited about this plan and excited about how God is, is setting them on mission. So let's pray for them. God, we just lift up Joel and Morgan. And Lord, we want to, we want to just publicly say that, God, we, we have seen your fingerprints all over this plan already, and we know that we will continue to. And Lord, we want to get out of the way and, and give you credit and let you move. God, we want to see the Holy Spirit move. We want to elevate the gospel and we want to build your church, not our church, but your church. And so, God, we pray uh, for, for blessing. God, we pray that they will be able to find a, a meeting location. Lord, we pray that, that there will be generous people who will, who will bless them with finances. But, Lord, most of all, we pray that we will see you move mightily in Gehanna through their launch team and through them. Lord, we pray that, that you are already going ahead of them and and setting up conversations that will happen that will give hope, conversations that will, will change people's eternity and change people's lives. Lord, we pray that as we see people respond to the gospel, that we will be excited about that. And so, God, we, we pray that you will continue to build Movement Church, not for us, Lord, but so that we can send people, 
so that we can be on mission, so that we can build your church and we can celebrate. God, I thank you for Encounter Church investing that DNA into us. And we pray that we can collaborate again in the future with Three Creeks. God, we, we just want to be a part of your mission. And so, Lord, whatever that is today, we pray that, uh, that we'll be excited about doing what you're asking of us to build your church. Lord, if that's talking to our neighbor, if that's talking to the person in the cubicle next to us, we pray that we won't just, we won't just care about us and, and ourselves in our immediate context. We pray that we'll have a heart for here and where we're at, but also a heart for there. So God, help us to be a movement of people who are sent, who are on mission, who have a heart for others and a heart for, for there. God, we lift this up and, and we ask this in your name. Amen. Thanks, guys.